You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Cougars. Welcome into a Friday edition of the podcast. A lot to get to like typical. Today is a game preview edition. We're getting you ready for USF. What to expect tomorrow night in that game between the Bulls and the Cougars. We'll also make sure we recap everything else you need to know as a BYU fan for the weekend ahead for other BYU sports teams in action. Men's golf kicking off their season in New Mexico. So plenty to cover ahead on the show. A reminder for you guys before we get going here to make sure you check out the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Josh Neighbors has you covered every day from top to bottom when it comes to all things Big 12. And BYU is a new member of the Big 12, so you might as well start getting in the habit of listening to that podcast as well. Get it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, without further ado, though, on a Friday, let's get rolling here. This is the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 24th. 2021. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. I work for the Zone Sports Network in Salt Lake City, Utah, as the executive producer of DJ and PK in the morning. And a huge thank you to all of you out there who are joining us on today's show. Hope you all are doing great, and thank you for making Locked On Cougars your first listen every single day. We aim here to be your guys' one-stop shop for all the BYU sports news you guys need to know about every single day. So thank you for downloading us and listening to us bright and early or just as your first podcast of the day, plain and simple. That's kind of our goal here is to make us your go-to when it comes to all things Cougars. Now, getting going here on a Friday edition of the show, and today we're going to talk a lot about the USF Bulls. Who are they? What to expect from the upcoming game as the Cougars get ready as the number 15 team in the country to host the 1-2 and two USF Bulls at Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Game is scheduled to kick off at 8.15 Mountain Time tomorrow night on ESPN2. And there are two things working in BYU's favor right off the top, in my opinion, when it comes to USF. First thing is this is a team, speaking of the Bulls, that are coming two time zones. We have talked openly and honestly, and it's a kind of a big topic whenever BYU travels back east, especially when they go to the eastern time zone, how much of an effect that two time zone change has. So USF, they're coming west two time zones, and on their body clocks, they arrived yesterday, if, if I recall correctly, they were traveling on Thursday to hopefully adjust a little bit better, but they're still traveling two time zones, and this game is going to kick off at the earliest 10:15 on their body clocks. They'll be playing well in past midnight when it comes to their players and what they're used to. And I know that uh, young folks out there don't necessarily think that it has that much of an effect, but in talking with enough football players, it does have an effect, plain and simple. And obviously the travel as well. The other thing that's going in BYU's favor in this is the elevation. The vast majority, if not all, of USF's team has never played at elevation, or at least the elevation that BYU sits at, around 4,500 feet, nearly a mile in the air. And I can tell you this much, having talked with enough people who have also traveled from sea level to elevation and tried to go out and do strenuous activities, nothing to the level even of football, but they say your lungs start burning and it starts hurting. So 
There are two things working in BYU's advantage in that regard, and I look forward to it. Now, this is a USF team, if you recall, did get B, get the best of BYU back in 2019. And I was golfing uh, with one of our listeners yesterday, and yes, if you guys are interested in going out and hitting the links, I'd be happy to join you guys. I love going out and golfing and having conversations about all things BYU life. Golf is just one of the great places to do stuff like that. So I was playing with one of our listeners yesterday, and... The conversation turned to that game against USF. So we're going to do a little bit of a look back before we look forward to tomorrow night. And many of you will recall that BYU led in that game against the Bulls down there at Raymond James Stadium. And BYU looked like they were on their way to winning that game. It looked very much like the Cougars were set but USF staged a second-half comeback. Jordan Cronkite ran for 158 yards, couldn't hit the broadside of the barn with his passing, it felt like. Yeah, 7 of 14 for 72 yards. But he had 158 rushing yards and two touchdowns. And South Florida rallied in the fourth quarter to beat BYU 27-23. Now, in this game, Jaron Hall did make his first career start for BYU, was knocked out early, as many of you will notably recall. The Cougars, on the night, though, in that game, 400 and I have almost 450 total yards of offense. BYU put up enough yardage to win this game. 23 points was not enough, obviously. Uh, Jordan McLeod, as a, as a, excuse me, Jordan Cronkite, 158 yards rushing. Jordan McLeod, I screwed that up earlier. McLeod was the quarterback. Cronkite was the running back, so... Forgive me for that. Uh, two Jordans there. But they very much uh, came back in the second half. And it was really a fourth quarter rally for them to win this game. And it was a disappointing loss for BYU. Now, the 2019 season, if you want to talk about one hallmark of that season, is BYU between the 20. So from their 20-yard line to the opposing team's 20-yard line, BYU would motor up and down the field between those two and put up all kinds of yardage. The problem came when BYU got into the red zone. They could not score in 2019. Many of you will recall this. I think the epitome of that is probably that San Diego State game where BYU put up a pitiful three points, but had all kinds of yardage. Well, this was the same type of thing in 2019. And I truly believe that there are guys on BYU's roster right now. I'm thinking of guys like Jaron Hall. I'm thinking of Gunnar Romney. I'm thinking of Peyton Wilgar. There's some, think of the leadership on this year's BYU team. Guys who were juniors and sophomores last year and with those 12 players who got NFL opportunities, them all moving on gave these guys an opportunity to become leaders this year. They recall how close the margin is to being an average team, speaking of 2019 when you went 7-6, and six, and being considered an elite team, which in 2020, BYU put up an 11-1 and one record. I think they learned a lot from those two seasons because the vast majority of these guys were contributing members of those two seasons. So, I think that BYU understands what they're up against in this contest. I think they understand that there is some payback on the minds of some of the guys who played in that 2019 game. Gunnar Romney was BYU's second leading receiver with four receptions and 47 yards in that game. Lopini Katoa had 11 carries for 73 yards. Jaron Hall, for his night, had over 200 total yards, almost 250 yards of total offense. So you look at this, and Baylor Romney, by the way, actually came in in relief of Jaron Hall, if you recall, after, uh, after he got injured, had that concussion. Baylor Romney, he obviously has some unfinished business. And that brings me to an interesting point here. I mentioned on yesterday's show that I felt like the thing was trending towards it being that Jaron Hall was not going to play against USF. Obviously, uh, got some hubbub going and some of you responded, well, how would you really know that, Jake? I don't know that for certain. But in talking with folks last night, our practice insiders, as I like to call them, 
Jaron Hall has been severely limited in terms of his ability to prepare on the practice field this week. He has barely practiced, if at all. If he has practiced, I have not heard about it. So the expectation in my mind is to expect that Baylor Romney gets his first start of the season for BYU tomorrow night when the Cougars take on USF. Is that a bad thing? No. I think that Baylor Romney is more than capable of leading BYU to a victory in this game. USF is not a great program right now. They've had some great years in the recent past, but of late, since Jeff Scott took over, it's been a struggle. He's very much been rebuilding this team, and we'll talk more about some personnel that you need to know from USF here in a moment, but it is my opinion that Baylor Romney is more than effective to go out there and win this game for BYU, get them to 4-0, and show what he can do, and obviously take it as an opportunity to audition and show coaches, players, fans alike that he has the goods to go out and be the guy for BYU. I think that this is the game. If Jaron Hall is beat up, and it's clear he's beat up. Many of you saw him late in that game. You don't leave a game early as a quarterback for nothing. These guys are true competitors. You don't leave a game for nothing. And I believe if you're going to miss a game, and BYU's bye week, as we all know, is not until November, there is a game to miss in this current run. It's this game against USF. And I know that if there's a game to miss, it's a really, really weird game to play. But think about it. Utah State looks a whole lot more feisty than we all expected. Boise State is a rivalry game. Those are your next two games after this. Then you've got uh, Baylor as well as Washington State on the schedule. If he needs a week, speaking of Jaron Hall, this is the week to give him that break. Could I be wrong about that? Could they shoot him up with something tomorrow and he's feeling, okay, I can go out there and play? Absolutely. But it is my opinion, at least at this juncture, whenever you're listening to this podcast, whether it's at midnight when I post it or whether it's tomorrow evening ahead of the game as you get ready to head down to Lavelle Edwards Stadium, it is my expectation that you will see Baylor Romney as quarterback one against USF. I absolutely could be wrong about that. I'm very, very confident in saying that I think it's Baylor Romney, but I freely acknowledge I could have a lot of egg on my face after this, but I'm going with what I've been told, folks. And you guys that have been listening to this podcast for long enough, you you know that I just don't throw stuff out there and throw it against the wall. Despite what some message boards out there may say, I don't do that. That's just not how I operate. So there we go. That's what I know and what I expect as BYU looks to get some revenge against USF. Now, let's let you guys know a little bit more about the Bulls. Who to know, players, names, numbers, all that stuff. We'll dig into that in just a moment. Today's show is brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. I absolutely love Built Bars. I am a broken record when it comes to talking about how much I enjoy them. But more importantly right now, if you're supporting Built Bar, you're supporting BYU football. We all know about the name, image, and likeness still that Built Bar struck with BYU football players paying all scholarship players $1,000 and also paying the tuition of non-scholarship players, walk-ons, and the like. And I know that they can take the money and do whatever they want with it, but the idea is it's going to pay for their tuition to defray their costs uh, just in terms of being able to be a student, focus on football, all that stuff. And in essence, a pseudo scholarship. Well, the way to support that is to support Built Bars. They have nine base flavors that are out there. Coconut, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Mint Brownie, Double Chocolate, Salted Caramel, Strawberry Orange, Cookies and Cream, and German Chocolate. My favorites in that list, I'm a big fan of the Double Chocolate, Cherry Barcia, Raspberry, Orange, and I also really like, there's one that didn't list there. I thought it was a 
base flavor. Maybe it's not anymore. Maybe they took it off. Peanut butter brownie. And right now, I think you still can slide in if you're very quick about it and still get the cookie dough chunk, which is actually one of the better, pro, uh, not protein bars, one of the better built bars out there. It is a protein bar, but nonetheless, get over to built.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15 while you're there, and you can actually save yourself 15% on your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your order at built.com. Support BYU football and do it by supporting Built Bar. Today's podcast is brought to you by our friends over at All Guard Pest Control. You've probably heard me talk about these guys over the past month or so, but they're one of the best, folks, and they're one of the OGs here on the podcast. If I'm not mistaken, actually, they might be the original uh, sponsor of this show. I've been working with Seth and his team over at All Guard Pest Control for years, and they've taken care of my home for years, and I want you guys, no matter what you guys might need for your pest control game, whether it's residential or commercial pest control, our friends at All Guard Pest Control have got you guys covered. And what I love about it is that Seth, he has the know-how, he's got the expertise, and he's got the team that can tackle any and all problems, whether it's mice, whether it's spiders, whether it's ants, cockroaches, termites, no matter what it might be, our friends at All Guard Pest Control will get you guys covered. They're located in Utah County, but capable of servicing anybody up and down the Wasatch Front Corridor, even out of the Twilla and Wasatch County areas. They're happy to travel to you and take care of your problem. So give them a shot, folks. You can call them right now, 801-851-1812. That's 801-851-1812. Or go to their website, allguardpestcontrols.com. That's allguardpestcontrols with an S, dot com. And also, make sure to check out their Google reviews. You will be stunned. Five-star reviews up and down the list, and they are the best of the best. So that's All Guard Pest Control, 801-851-1812, or go online to allguardpestcontrols.com. And when you give them that call, tell them that Jay Catch and Locked On Cougar sent you, and Seth and his team will be happy to take care of you. Once again, I want to thank you guys for your guys' support of the podcast. Love being your guys' first listen every single day. I know a number of you out there, you don't listen to many podcasts, but you've integrated this podcast into your daily habits. And it means a lot to me. Our numbers have absolutely skyrocketed, and I really, really love talking BYU with you guys every single day. And a reminder for you guys, once you're done with today's podcast, we still got some time to go, so don't do this quite yet. But get over once we're done here and go listen to the Locked On Big 12 podcast. Stay apprised of everything going on in BYU's new conference home. I know they're not joining the conference until 2023, but there's no reason for you not to be a knowledgeable Big 12 fan in addition to a knowledgeable BYU fan. All right, now let's talk a little bit about players to know, people you'll want to know from USF in this game tomorrow night. First off, the quarterback. Timmy McLean, a true freshman quarterback, is expected to get the start for USF in this game. Cade Fortin could also see some time. He was actually expected to kind of be the guy who would start this year. But Timmy McLean, a guy who was a starting quarterback at the 8A level. Think about that. Florida has eight levels of football in their high school ranks. It's crazy. But Timmy McLean, he was a high school star last year. He is now the starting quarterback for USF. Does not have a stellar passing number so far this year. 23 completions on 46 attempts. That's a completion percentage of 50% on the head. 372 yards. Just one touchdown against two interceptions. 
Cade Fortin, as I mentioned, the other guy you may see playing this game, 19 completions on 38 attempts, 132 yards, also a 50% completion percentage, zero touchdowns against two interceptions. So if you're keeping track at home, the USF quarterbacks total have combined for one touchdown and four interceptions. Three sacks on the year, so obviously they have not been stellar in the passing game. And this is a team, folks, that's going to be pretty offensively limited, I feel like, and they probably will limit their uh, game plan to just to protect guys like Timmy McClain. You don't want to just throw them out there, throw them to the wolves and say, you know what, son? Best of luck to you. That's just not how I think they're going to operate in this game. The rushing numbers for USF are a little bit better. Brian Batty is their leading rusher on the year. 21 attempts, 135 yards. This is a very balanced rushing attack so far. He has zero touchdowns. Jaron Mangum, uh, their running back, has 20 carries for 82 yards. He actually has five of their six rushing touchdowns. He's kind of been the short yardage back, has been in the end zone the most, obviously. Darian Felix also 29 carries for 92 yards. As a team, the Bulls have rushed 119 times for 454 yards. That is an average of 3.8 yards per carry. Their top three running backs, though, Batty, 6.4 yards per carry, Felix, 3.2 yards, and Jaron Mangum, 4.1 yards. I don't think I'm pronouncing Mangum correctly. It's M-A-N-G-H-A-M. I think I'm pronouncing it correctly, but, you know, maybe I'm not. But nonetheless, they've been rushing it decently well, but... As I mentioned, I just don't think they're going to come in here with a wide open playbook. I just do not expect that from USF. They're going to try and protect their guys, and if they can sneak out a win, I'm sure they'd be more than happy to do that. Now, in terms of the receiving department, it's a very clear number one wide receiver, and that's Xavier Weaver. Uh, nine receptions, 218 yards. That is an average of 24.2 yards per care. Uh, 24.2 yards per reception as a long on the season of 44 yards and he does have the one touchdown reception on the season for USF in terms of the passing game so he is their number one wide receiver I would expect D'Angelo Mandel probably shadows him most of the night uh, and we'll see how things shake out but I really think there is a distinct advantage here for BYU's defense. And in some ways, BYU's defense has got to be looking at the film of this team, speaking of USF, and thinking, huh, maybe after three weeks of Pac-12 and Power 5 talent, a little bit of a respite. And I'm not saying that USF doesn't have talent, folks. It's very clear. They have speed. Any school from the state of Florida, you know there's one thing that they're going to have, and it's legit track speed. Legit track speed, excuse me. And they're going to bring that speed and obviously try and take advantage of BYU. But Jeff Scott, their head coach, acknowledged during his media availability this week, he's actually been very impressed with the speed that BYU had. I think it kind of surprised him, BYU's ability to really run with folks. And we'll see how everything shakes out here. Now, flipping over to the defense for a minute for USF, before we talk a couple of personnel notes for BYU that we haven't talked touched on quite yet. Andrew Mims, a linebacker, is a leading tackler, has 23 total tackles. Matthew Hill, one of their starting safeties, is second on the team with 19 tackles. In terms of sacks for, for USF, it's not been a prolific start to the season. They've played three games. They have three total sacks. Their leading sack artist is Blake Green with 1.5 of those sacks. So it's not a team that's putting up all kinds of gaudy numbers in terms of their overall defense. Three interceptions on the season so far. So I, I just look at this and this is a USF team that's still very much trying to figure out who they are. They got their first win last week of the season over FCS level FAMU or Florida A&M and 
it's not that surprising. You play an FCS team, and especially a team like Florida A&M, they're not one of the juggernauts of the FCS ranks, so you win that game. Previous to this, it's not been an easy run for USF. They were blanked by NC State, 45-0 in their season opener on the road in Raleigh, and then they beat Florida. Oh, no, excuse me, they didn't beat Florida. <laughs> they lost to Florida, 42-20. to So this defense can't slow down anybody so far because even Florida A&M put up 17 points on them in in the win. Their offense did put up 38 points, but I just look at this and I feel like BYU should be a very, very clear favorite in this game. And it's evidenced by the point spread in the contest between the Cougars, who are ranked 15th, and USF. The matchup predictor on ESPN has BYU with a 93.2% chance of winning this game. It's just BYU a 23-point favorite. I don't like saying this is as close to a guaranteed win as you're going to have in this current run of games for BYU, but it's pretty apparent that's what it is for BYU. So I look forward to that. One note, by the way, I mentioned that Jaron Hall, I'm not expecting to see him tomorrow night. Other guys who got banged up in that uh, ASU game, thinking of guys like Atunai Samahe, Isaiah Heron, uh, Tyler Batty, I know that there was the perception out there, and I actually helped propagate it, and I will freely acknowledge this, but rewatching the game, he came back into the ASU game late, and I expect that he'll be ready to go, but guys like Mahe, Heron, anybody who got banged up in that game against ASU, This is a game, if they're not feeling right, take the week. I really feel like BYU can run some people out there who maybe haven't had a top-level opportunity so far. We're talking on the defensive line. Guys like Jacob Paulu, give them an opportunity if a guy like Atunai Samahe is not feeling right. Let Caden Haas be the starter, move up to that starter role, and then have the other guys behind him fill in and get some game experience. Obviously, you can't take South Florida for granted. Let's be let's be very, very straightforward about that because this is football, and on any given night, it feels like any team could have the turnover bug hit them or have a rash of injuries, and suddenly you're looking at a loss. There is a lot of motivation, I feel like, for BYU that they feel like they need to get some revenge for 2019 because they had that game seemingly in hand, and they yacked it up in the fourth quarter. But I also feel like this is a game they understand if there are guys who are nicked up, dinged up, or just need a week off to get their bodies right because it's been a tough three weeks. And I don't want to say that Arizona is in the same class as Utah and ASU in terms of physicality, but they are still a Power 5 team. It's been a really tough opening stretch of the season for BYU and to their credit they've battled through it all they're 3-0 and they're ranked 15th in the country and this game should be a relative breather as compared to the other three so if you're not feeling right if I'm Kalani Satake I say you take the week we have a shorter week next week obviously playing that game Friday night up there in Logan get the guys right and say take this week heal up get some extra rehab whatever it is and we will plan on seeing you guys next week and then we'll move on from there that's just my personal take on this, but uh, the one key piece, and I think that everybody's paying attention to this, is Jaron Hall's status. I do not, to just be clear, I do not expect him to play tomorrow night. That's my personal read on everything I've heard this week, but we shall see how everything else shakes out. All right, coming up here in just a moment, though, we'll wrap up today's show with my game prediction, my score prediction. We'll get that in just a minute. We'll also catch you guys up on everything else going on in BYU sports news, men's golf starting their season, women's volleyball taking another sweep at home. We'll get to all of that in mere moments. Today's show is brought to you in part by our friends over at Bet Online and 
Guys, I just mentioned that BYU is a 23-point favorite. Well, if you want to go take advantage of that line, get over to betonline.ag and put some Skittles down on it. If you're feeling happy about BYU's chances, you're feeling good about BYU's chances, you can do that. The best part about BetOnline right now, folks, is the number one spot for all the pro and college football action this entire season. they got a new updated website and interface, even more odds, props, and contests. They want to be your number one source for everything football. Head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive your 100% welcome bonus. Yes, that is double your initial deposit for free just for signing up. Don't forget to use the promo code NFL100 when you do that. From football to basketball, boxing, baseball, golf, all the way down to your favorite Vegas casino games, don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available from our friends over there at Bet Online. It is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and don't forget to take advantage of that 100% welcome bonus by using the promo code NFL100. It's all courtesy of betonline.ag. They are your online sportsbook experts. Before we go here on this Friday edition of the show, let's run down everything else you need to know as a BYU fan for the weekend ahead. And the fun part about this weekend is it feels like BYU sports are back in full go mode, if that makes sense. Really, we had women's soccer starting up, and then we had women's volleyball going. Women's golf got in on the action. But it feels like this weekend, we're really going to see sports. And obviously, cross country has also been going as well. But it feels like this weekend is one of those weekends where there's sports up and down the schedule. So let's catch you guys up on every Everything else you need to know if you're looking to watch other BYU teams in action. Let's start off the results from last night. The women's volleyball program eased their way to another three-set victory, a straight-sets victory over Pacific, the Open West Coast Conference play with a 1-0 record. The women's volleyball team will be back in action at home tomorrow, 1 p.m. Mountain Time start to the match as they host St. Mary's at the Smith Fieldhouse. That game will be, or not that game, that match will be televised live on BYU TV also streaming on the BYU TV app if you want to watch that match. Other teams in action this weekend include the men's cross-country program. They are headed to Minneapolis, Minnesota for the Roy Griak Invitational to be held at Les Ballstad Golf Course up there in the Twin Cities. It is scheduled to begin at 9.30 today, Mountain Time, as the men's team will look to really make claim on the road. And They had a great showing in their first run of the season in the BYU Invitational and looking to take that success on the road, and I would expect they will do fairly well up there in the Twin Cities. Women's tennis is in their first matches of the season this weekend as they are headed to the Cal Invitational in Berkeley, California. Best of luck to them. That'll be taking place today and tomorrow. The men's tennis program continues to host the ITA Mountain Region Championships. Those will continue through tomorrow at the Outdoor Tennis Courts in Provo. If you want to go watch some of the better tennis from the Intermountain Region, well, your opportunity to do so today and tomorrow will be the final two days of those ITA regionals. Men's swimming, and, men's and women's swimming and diving are headed to Salt Lake City, the Ute Natatorium, for a relay meet. That is scheduled for tonight at 5 o'clock Mountain Time in Salt Lake City. I told you, folks, it's a really busy weekend on the BYU sports front. And then finally, early next week, the women's golf program, fresh off back-to-back victories, they will play in the Golf Week Challenge beginning on Monday morning at 8 a.m. That is in Denver, Colorado at Red Sky Golf Club. Who's to say that Kerry Robertson and her team couldn't make it three straight tournament wins to start their season? 
We'll keep track of that throughout the week, and obviously we'll recap everything that happened over the weekend. Oh, I forgot to mention this. I apologize. The William H. Tucker Invitational taking place in New Mexico, in Albuquerque, at the University of New Mexico South Golf Course. The men's golf program finally kicking off their season. As I mentioned, the women's golf program, they've already got two wins under the belt. They're probably looking over there at Bruce Brockbank's team saying, Hey, what's your guys' problem? Get going here. But uh, the men's team begins today, 8 o'clock, shotgun start, and then they'll also play, finish up play tomorrow down there in Albuquerque. And best of luck to Bruce Bronkbank and his squad as they try to start their season on the right note. All right, so there you go. You are caught up on everything you need to know for the weekend ahead in terms of where teams are going to be playing, who they're playing, all that stuff. So hopefully you stayed with me through that. And now it is your time to hear me give my score prediction for BYU and USF. If it's not clear, it is my personal opinion that BYU is going to roll in this win. I feel like they will be 4-0 come late tomorrow night, uh, kickoff at 8-15 or could slide to 8-20 or 8-30. But Uh, Come sometime around midnight, it feels like you will see BYU rolling to a victory. Now, Bet Online has that line set at 23. I saw it at 23.5 at one point earlier this week. That's a really, really big line. It's over three touchdowns, if you guys can do the math. I'm aware you guys are smart people out there. But it is my opinion that BYU is going to break out. And no matter if it's Jaron Hall or Baylor Romney under center, this is a game that BYU's offense should put some of the fears that they're not scoring enough. That's a really weird concept to me, that you're not scoring enough. That kind of harkens back, it feels like, to the Lavelle Edwards era at points. But nonetheless, I feel like BYU is more than capable of putting up over 30 points at minimum in this game. So here's my prediction. BYU, 40 South Florida, 17. That good enough for you? 23 points on the head, but we'll go with it. So 40 to 17 is my prediction for BYU in this game. Uh, If you guys want to send in your score predictions, I love hearing from you guys. Feel free to reach out via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. You can send us your uh, score predictions. Whoever gets it closest, be sure to highlight them on our special postcast edition after this game goes final tomorrow night. Also, you can send them in via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com is the email address to reach out to us that way. And as always, I hope you guys are all doing great when you hear this. Once again, a big thank you for making us your first listen every single day. And now I want to encourage you guys to get over to Locked On Big 12. Get ready for the weekend ahead in Big 12 action. It's the hashtag sustain the 12 movement out there. I think that's funny. Hashtag sustain the 12 has so many connotations in the LDS faith and beyond that. But nonetheless, get over there, listen to Josh Neighbors and his great work with the Locked On Big 12 podcast as soon as we're done here. And we are done here. So a big thank you once again for your support. Have a great rest of your day. Have a great game day tomorrow. And obviously we'll be back with you guys late tomorrow night, early Sunday morning as we recap whatever happens against USF. But I'm calling it right now. BYU 40, USF 17. And we will see how things shake out in the game tomorrow night. All right, that's going to do it. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast for September 24th, 2021, and we will talk to you guys tomorrow.